You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, December 22nd, closing in on the old Christmas holidays to those who celebrate. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, and certainly not always the most Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter for the show account, obviously. And if you see me pointing right now, that means you're watching the YouTube. If If you don't see me pointing... That means you're not watching YouTube, obviously. You can check out the YouTube Locked On Padres on YouTube for all my audio listeners out there. If you want to see my ugly mug. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today, guys, we are talking. We are talking a very important Padre. A Padre who has left a lot to be desired, I think is the easiest way to to describe it. We are going to be talking about Tommy Pham, all things Tommy Pham, on today's episode, who I used to call... The Warlock. That is the very, very, that is a huge throwback to very early listeners. If there's any of you still around uh, from back then, it was one of my nicknames for him. I called him that because I thought he was going to be awesome for the Padres. Going to be discussing that. Going to be discussing his general tenure with the Padres and how in basically every metric he's been largely disappointing. Taking a look at his numbers, just kind of what I thought about his time as a Padre so far, whether or not they should re-sign him this offseason, and then kind of comparing and contrasting him to some of the other agents on the free market and whether or not it might actually make more sense to bring Mr. Tommy Fan back. I know, it sounds crazy. It sounds really crazy, but uh, it might not be the craziest thing ever, guys. Um, So let's get into it. All right, let's start first with just talking about Tommy Fan. You know, I guess the beginning, right? Let's just talk about the beginning from the perspective of, you know, he he comes to the Padres back heading into the 2020 season, back before, you know, the world ended and all that stuff. And it is obviously a very famous trade now, uh, Hunter Renfro and Xavier Edwards in exchange for Tommy Pham and Jake Cronenworth. Obviously, Jake Cronenworth legendary epic part of the trade it's funny that that trade has now become the jake cronenworth trade because he was basically an afterthought and as i detailed uh on many episodes honestly that if not for jorge mateo um you know testing positive for covid19 back at the beginning and spring training of 2020 he might not even make the team and we might not see him break out the way he did and become one of the most valuable assets in all of baseball seriously just when you take into account contract and all that stuff and Tommy Pham was brought in because people might forget, because this definitely wasn't an issue for the Padres this year, um, but the Padres had a serious issue with just simple on-base percentage. They did not have anybody who walked. They had plenty of power. You had guys like Hunter Renfro. You had guys like Machado, obviously. Tatis debuts. You have a little bit of Will Myers, a tiny bit of Eric Hosmer power. Oh, I, I already I broke the rule already. My bad, guys. My bad. You had a tiny bit of power from the guy from first base, and then you had... Um, some, some other guys that I'm I'm probably forgetting. Uh, who, what's his name? Framio Reyes until they ended up trading him. My brother, of course. Um, but even still, despite that power, they ranked in the bottom levels of on-base percentage. Even even in that 2019 season when they still, you know, they bring in Machado for his first year. Um, that wasn't the case this year 
with the Padres. Um, the Padres actually were pretty decent in terms of on-base percentage. They finished 10th in on-base percentage in all of baseball. It was higher, lower at certain times throughout the year, but they were okay in that respect. But they ranked dead last in some years. Basically, since 2015, it was like 28th, 29th, 25th, 30th, 29th, like stuff like that, right? Like They were at the bottom of the league, so they trade for Tommy Pham because the Padres had a really big issue with outfield depth. Will Myers had not been dealing nearly enough as uh, production-wise that they probably would have wanted from him, given that they gave him the biggest contract at the time in, like, Padres history, pretty much. And then you have guys like, you know, the first baseman who wasn't doing all that much. It just, it wasn't really working out. And so they decided, we need some outfield depth. Uh, We're not getting a lot of it from these guys. And that's what they do. They trade for Tommy Pham. They also, of course, trade for Trent Grisham, Luis Arias, and Eric Lauer end up going over there for Trent Grisham. But in general, Tommy Pham was viewed as the guy that would really alleviate these problems. And it wasn't a bad opinion to have. He had really good moments in the playoffs. He had been absolutely explosive for the Tampa Bay Rays and the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, I'm actually pulling up his stats right now. But he was... I kind of called him Hunter Pence a while ago. What I meant by that was there's always that player that's low-key, one of like the top 20 like outfielders out there. You know what I mean? I think that right now Mark Canna might fit that description, a guy that I would have loved if the Padres could have acquired. By some metrics, you just look at his isolated power and just general defense is pretty good and his on-base percentage. One of the like low-key, maybe a top-20 outfielder, Tommy Pham was like that once upon a time before his tenure with the Padres. If you just look at some of his seasons, in um, 2017, he had a slash line of three... Hold on, baseball reference is wigging out. He had a slash line of 306, 411, 520 in 128 games for the Cardinals in 2018 to totality of his 2018 season which saw him get traded to the Tampa Bay Rays of course he had a slash line of 275 367 464 which is excellent um some decent stolen base power too he had 25 steals in 2017 15 and um hold on 15 in uh 2018 and then in 2019 with Tampa Bay 273, 369, 450 slash line. Just incredible on-base skills. In fact, even this year included in a down season for him, Tommy Pham is one of the four uh, players in baseball that has an outside zone swing percentage below 20%. That's crazy. That's like up there with Juan Soto, who has like an obscene like 13% of the time he swings at pitches outside zone. That guy's insane. Tommy Pham's like a little bit below there, like 19.6%. But even despite that, what you saw happen this year, look at a slash line this year, 229, 340, 383 slugging. The biggest thing that happened there you could see is the slugging dip, which isn't a good sign. The on-base, not that bad, but when you're batting only 229, he just wasn't producing. And I tweeted about this the other day. Not to get too stat-heavy on you guys necessarily, I know that that's not like my specialty or anything, but the five worst WRC Plus marks, WRC Plus, for those unfamiliar, is Weighted Runs Created Plus, which is a nice stat for judging how you compare to other players offensively. You know, if you're at a 100, that means you're about average. If you're 120, that's pretty good. You're 20% better than your average player. It's just, it's a very helpful stat because it kind of takes into account ballparks and fielding and all that stuff, you know what I mean? Like, kind of... Just in a, in, a, in a bottle, like, excusing all the extenuating kind of circumstances how you did. The five lowest WRC plus marks with runners in scoring position amongst outfielders with more than 70 uh, plate appearances, which is... A little bit arbitrary of a number 70, but I decided to go with that because it eliminated a couple guys that went like 40 times, which I didn't feel like was telling the full story. Uh, Number one, Andrew Vaughn was the worst in baseball, 27. Number two, Jared Kalenic at 31. Number three, Gregory Polanco at 33. Number four is Mr. Tommy Pham with a WRC plus of 35. 
That means he was 65% worse than every, like the average major league player with runners in scoring position this year. And then Jonathan um, Daza at, with a 47 mark. Uh, so yeah, and I tweeted basically, if not for Cronenwork, the trade would have been viewed largely as a bust, as it should be. I don't think that it's a trade that at the time you were, we regret, you know, we didn't see that trade happen. And we're like, Oh my God. You know what I mean? I know that Xavier Edwards has a little bit of hype as a prospect, but nothing crazy. I know some people were getting in my mentions. The guy has like one career home run in the minors. I'm not freaking out. Could he be a fine player? Sure. But not necessarily better than Jake, um, Jake, the rake, of course. Um, and basically what you can take away from this is Andrew Vaughn's not very good. Jared Kalenic is a rookie. Gregory Polanco is a prospect that was exciting back in the day. Yes, I remember the time when Gregory Polanco was a top-level prospect, which shows you, by the way, that you can't do too much prospect fetishization because Gregory Polanco, very much not a good player, barely any uh, power. And Jonathan Daza, I didn't even remember who he was for a little bit before I looked at this list. So that kind of told you the story. Tommy Pham, yes, the walk stuff was good. Yes, he wasn't being fooled by stuff. But he was swinging through a lot of pitches. He was not coming up clutch for the Padres at all. And that was just kind of the rough thing. And you kind of look at his season, and you're like, there were so many times he's grinding into double plays a lot more. He's, you know, I'm actually going to look, see if, can I see, grind into double plays? Let's see here. He had grinded into 10 double plays this year, which isn't, you know, actually that bad, which is actually pretty impressive. But I remember there was, like, big games against the Dodgers where he was grinding into a couple of them, which really stunk. But when you look at kind of the totality, the power was down, the slugging, not like he has the most power in the world, but it was just frustrating to watch him play. And not, and on top of all that, a minus defender, which is something I've been re-emphasizing over and over on this podcast. The Padres need to be careful with whatever they do in left field because you don't want another minus defender. You don't want Trent Grisham carrying the load for you guys. But with all that said, should the Padres actually take into account, should they re-sign him? Because I actually think it's a decent question. And someone actually uh, posed this question for me in YouTube comments. But before we get into that, guys, let me just talk to you about something that is objectively great. All right. This thing doesn't just have a high, you know, on base percentage. It's got a high average. It hits home runs. It's got a slugging percentage. It's going to the Hall of Fame. They are the best tasting protein bars on all the market, guys. Of course, I am talking about built bars. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better. Than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, man. Rich with decadent flavor. I love that word, by the way. Decadent. Who's a who's a Padre that begins with a, a first name is D? Uh, Darvish. Decadent Darvish? We have to use decadent as a nickname for, 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 for just you guys that listen to my podcast anyway. Anyway, they're covered in chocolate also, guys. Amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. That's right. It tastes good. It's super yummy. And it's healthy for you. You get the best of both worlds. So many flavors too, which is what I like about them. Mint brownie, raspberry, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. They've got a gingerbread flavor that just came out. They've got an eggnog flavor that just came out. Coconut brownie chunk, which is a favorite of the Locked On people. Cherry barcia, which is a favorite of my mother. That's right. Mama Ray is his favorite flavor. So you should check that one out for sure, guys. That's what I love about them. Really healthy for you. And they're kind of like the Ben and Jerry's of built bars, uh, of protein bars, I should say. Uh, they have such a wide variety of flavors, guys. So what are you waiting for? For listening to this podcast, guys, if you go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you will get 15% off your order. Remember, guys, that is built.com, LOCKED15 as your promo code, 15% off your order goes. Check it out. All right. 
We're back, everybody. And once again, I just want to reemphasize, thank you for making Lockdown Pirates your hashtag first listen every day. Probably should have said this at the top of the episode, but we have, at the Lockdown Network, since we are kind of officially in off-season mode, it's only like three episodes a week most weeks. Just so you know, taking a little bit of a... I know I've been a little bit inconsistent with the uploading lately, but granted, we're also in a lockout. So, you know, what, what do you want from me? But uh, let's continue talking. And what I want to start this off with is... A comment that was left on my video, let's see here, who should the Padres opening day left fielder be, where I talked about Nick Castellanos. It comes from Chu Few. hopefully I say that correctly, C-H-U-E-F-U-E. He says, a lot of fans will hate it, but I think resigning fam is not a bad thing. Getting him back on a one-year deal, probably for cheap, to establish his value back. It could play to be a win-win scenario for both parties. And I thought it was an interesting scenario because a lot of fans that I've been coming across, whether it be the interwebs or just reading mailbags from like Dennis Lynn, is a lot of people really want like Nick Castellanos. They want the big fish. And I get it because with how bad the Padres were, it kind of behooves fans to be like, yeah, we want a serious upgrade. And I get that. Here's what I will say. I just talked about those WRC plus marks with runners in scoring position. I'm not one of those people who doesn't believe that clutch and, like, it just doesn't exist. I think that that's ridiculous. I think every player who's played in every sport ever will say that clutch matters and all that stuff. I think people who are in non-sports fields will say clutch or performing under pressure is a skill and it's not just simple math. But I will say, I've noticed in previous years, it can be a little bit tricky when you're judging clutch stuff. Because on one side, I make fun of Pablo Sandoval a lot, who's a guy for the San Francisco Giants, who got a big deal with the Red Sox because he was so good in the postseason, right? And I don't necessarily think they should have done that because you were only looking at the postseason and how well he did there. He just performed over-the-top great in the postseason, which is, which is good for him, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean nothing, but it also might mean do you want to be giving a player a big deal like that. In the case of... of um, Tommy Pham, those numbers with runners, runners in scoring position, and there was other ones out there. There was like, uh, um, what's his name? The guy on the Pirates, like Kevin Newman level. Like, do we think Tommy Pham is that bad? It's a good question. And Shu here kind of makes a good point. If the Padres were to re-sign Tommy Pham, it would cost nothing, essentially. Like, there would not be really anything to worry about in terms of cost, considering that the Pirates have a really high payroll right now. I know it's monopoly money. I'm just saying how it works and that ownership is while they are spending money, there's like, let's, it's a, it's an imaginary uh, salary cap for, for a lot of um, ways. So you look at it like that. It's like, okay, that could be interesting. And I thought about it a little bit more. And my thing is like, what is it going to cost? I don't know if it would cost all that much. He is a little bit older, if I'm not mistaken. He's 34 years old. So it's not like he's going to get a multi-year deal. If he did do anything, it would be a one-year prove-it sort of deal. It's not the worst thing in the world. Personally, I think the lottery ultimate awesome addition for the Padres I know people talk about Chris Bryant. I would not mind a bigger contract for Chris Bryant because of his versatility, because of the fact that he's been good for years. I like how his power plays in all parks. I like that he could play multiple positions. I just don't see him falling off. And not top of the multiple positions, a pretty decent defender too, especially in left field. So I wouldn't hate that one. Castellanos, I'm just kind of against. I do not like that deal. But for me, the home run type of pick and I know that he typically plays right field, Michael Conforto, age 29, 2.9 war this past year, and even in a down year, by the way, 2.9 war. Um, Tommy Pham in his down year was a 1.4 uh, um, wins above replacement. So I just think that Michael Conforto at age 29, you want to talk about a prove-it deal, 
Michael Conforto is so much better than what he was this year. I really do believe that with his weighted on base stuff, with all his, his there's the hard hit rate didn't go down. His BABIP was extraordinarily low. It might have been that he just got really unlucky, and he's not too terrible of a defender. So if I'm the Padres, I think that's like the lottery ticket because I think if I'm Michael Conforto, I want to reestablish and remind teams that I'm awesome a la Marcus Simeon and be like, I'm going to have this awesome year and then teams are going to pay me on a five-year, six-year deal. Maybe something like what Marcus Simeon got, maybe a little bit less, maybe like what, you know, Javi Baez got, something like that, right? A pretty chunky deal instead of just going for a four-year deal right now that might only be because of this past season, like, you know, $80 million, which isn't bad if he wants to cash in now and not play anymore at the blackjack table, so to speak. But um, that's just kind of how I feel about it. I think Conforto would be awesome. But, I mean, for those reasons about maybe there's a positive regression for Tommy Famdu. I mean, to be that bad? I mean, do we think he's that bad of a player? I don't know. And I know that some people don't have faith in the Padres organization to get the best out of their players. They haven't been terrible when it comes to hitters. I mean, we got Cronenworth. We got, you know, we, we've we've had some guys come up. It's not like people have gotten noticeably worse batters anyway. With pitchers, you could say that everybody we get rid of just flourishes elsewhere, whether it be, you know, Luis Patino or what have you, like and Cal Quantrill for Cleveland. Um, that's why I think I could see. And then let's also take this into account. All right. If they don't get any of those guys and they do want to reside fam, let's just look at some other free agents that are available that are primarily left fielders. All right. Kyle Schwarber is another one. Mark Canna, unfortunately, signed one of my favorite offseason targets. He signed a two year deal with the Mets back in November. There's Kyle Schwarber, who I think the Red Sox are going to resign. You've got Eddie Rosario, who I just talked about Sandoval. Eddie Rosario might be one of those guys that just performed admirably well uh, in the playoffs. It's not like he's an elite defender or anything like that. Andrew McCutcheon. I would love McCutcheon just from a personality and like fun standpoint. If you want to give him a year deal, he'd be a great veteran presence, and I do believe that stuff matters. Age 35, though, he's got a little bit of pop, but can't really play a lot of defense. For a winning team like the Padres, who have a lot of issues with liability players, it's not like the Padres have, you know, if you remove the guy at first base, you remove a little bit of right field, and some of the like liability players on the team. I think that it makes a little bit more sense, but I think you want to get something that has a little bit more upside, I think, than Andrew McCutcheon. Alex Dickerson, Corey Dickerson, Jock Peterson, who I love. If you guys don't know about his Pearl thing, please go look that up. Clint Frazier, he signed with the Cubs. Luis Gonzalez, Phil Gosselin, nobody really there. I talked about right field, how Michael Conforto would be awesome. Jorge Soler, I don't know about that necessarily, especially because of the defense. Billy McKinney, uh, Dexter Fowler, remember when he was good once upon a time? Uh, in center field, you got Brett Gardner, who's going to be 38 years old, who's somehow amassed a two, a two war, by the way, this year. Shasta Brett Gardner, my guy. Um, Odubel Herrera, Delano DeShields, Billy Hamilton. There's not too much necessarily available outside of the big guys like Schwarber and, you know, like I mentioned with Conforto and um, you got uh, Nick, Nick Castellanos available still. Um, there's not much there. So I'm wondering, you know, if, if they want to go in this direction, I, I actually, well, actually kind of like Alex Dickerson, though, at 32. I think, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think what you look at is if you're going to go, if you went Alex Dickerson, you should probably just pay a slight more for Tommy Pham. That's kind of how I feel about it. You know what I mean? Because then you would be, at least there's an upside that exists with Tommy Pham. Alex Dickerson isn't too bad of a player. I actually think he's underrated uh, for the Giants. I know he kind of fell into the background with all the breakouts they had this year, but Alex Dickerson, I wouldn't mind either. But bottom line, it's this. 
There isn't too much available. I think I just want to caution everybody. It doesn't have to be Chris Bryant. It just that's not the only way to fix this. I actually agree with you. I think that a, a low cost deal could be really good. I, I I really do. I think that he would be um an awesome sort. It would it wouldn't be awesome, but it would be like this this low cost move that could potentially I know I'm repeating myself a little bit sorry I'm kind of zoning out a little bit right now I just got like a text message from someone that I'm trying to like focus on and what have you um but it's it's interesting it's interesting what the Padres can do with this position my only thing is I really don't want to go Castellanos man because then all of a sudden you don't have any room to move for a few years and I also want to talk about another important aspect of this and that's right field Right, because right field actually plays a little bit of a a point in what where the Padres should do with this. And I'm gonna explain why in just a little bit, guys. But before we get into that, let me talk to you about betonline.ag, guys. They have you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, as obviously football's still going on. For now, uh, basketball, for now, is still going on through college bowl season, all that stuff. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Obviously, they've got you, like I said, with basketball and football. They got baseball. They got favorite Vegas casino games, boxing, UFC. You want to bet on the next Jake Paul fight? Go for it. They got you covered on that, guys is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage. Bet online where the game starts. Wow, I'm talking fast today. You know that, guys? I'm talking really fast today. Um, Okay. Last segment of the podcast, guys. I wanted to now discuss right field with the Padres and specifically the 2023 free agents. I just want to go through these just a little bit and say... What if the Padres, let's say, what if they want to go bargain bin, re-sign Tommy Pham for not too much, Alex Dickerson, like I, like I said before, any of those cheap options to be like, let's just have a placeholder for a year instead of buying big and maybe waiting until next year. And there's two things you have to take into account for next year. Will Myers, his contract is going to be up. There's a club option for him that I doubt that they will take, doubtful that they will take, unless he just goes absolutely crazy again, um, like he did in the short end season in 2020. That means that you would potentially, theoretically, there could be a position where at the end of next season, Padres have open spots, especially in the case of Myers, who has a decent, you know, that'll be an expiring contract that I think the Padres will be happy to kind of uh, be rid of. Um, You'll have left field and right field open if you don't make that big splash of a Castellanos, of a Chris Bryant, who are definitely going to cost multi-year deals. But let's see who is a free agent, all right? And this also should be taken into account when viewing free agents next year. You know, once upon a time, no one was going to be like, oh, wow, Robbie Ray, he's a top-level option. Kevin Gosman, top-level. So it is true that some of these guys I'm about to mention could have, like, unbelievable years and all of a sudden they're top-level guys. Like, for example, um, in the outfield, Andrew Benatendi. Once upon a time, a top-level prospect turned into a decent season, actually, for the Royals this year, all things considered. Like, definitely an okay, maybe, Major League player. He might be someone to look into uh, for the outfield. Then you've got Lorenzo Cain, Adam Duvall, Jackie Bradley Jr., Robbie Grossman, who I really like, Mitch Hanniger, who's really good, Aaron Judge. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer has a club auction, Manuel Margo, Tyler Naquin, Brandon Nemo, David Peralta, AJ Pollock with a club option, and Justin Upton, and also Joey Gallo. So, that's the thing here, 
If the Padres elect to not give the big deal now, that means that next year they could still give a big deal to somebody, say if they get Conforto or whatever, and they, they sign him with a low deal, and then he, he goes off, and then they decide to give him a big deal or not. Um, they could go that route, and all of a sudden you have all these little players that you could go for. The biggest one there is obviously Aaron Judge, a guy that I really can't see a universe in which the Yankees don't just pay him everything, personally. It's not impossible. It's not impossible that the Yankees are like, you know what, we don't want to do this. It's not impossible. But then the other big fish there is Joey Gallo. Okay, Joey Gallo is a guy the Padres have been interested in for the longest time. And you would sign him to a multi-year deal. He would give you really good defense, allegedly. Um, Not allegedly, he's a very good defender. And then he would give you power, a lot of strikeouts, unfortunately. But... Based on what the lineup has currently been, Padres could really use some power in their lineup for sure. Um, So those are probably the two big options there. Brandon Nemo, not bad if you're just looking for on-base percentage and stuff. That guy's automatic for on-base stuff. Lorenzo Cain's too old. Adam Duvall, not a bad player, but... eh. You know what I mean? Very good defensive player, but is he the guy? He seems like the guy you want to get if you already figured out left field. You know what I'm saying? So that's just, I'm just reading through the options. Robbie Grossman, not a bad player either. Michael Brantley, but he'll be a little bit, he'll be another year older. So we don't know how that's going to pan out. You know, and then you also just have to take into account also like, will the Padres want to go fishing for some starting pitching uh, with some contracts that'll be up? Mike Clevenger's contract will be up next year. That's a good thing to point out. You know, will they want to spend some money there? You got Carlos Carrasco, who will be available. Chris Bassett. Um, let's see, Nate Eovaldi, Sonny Gray, Sean Manaya, who's not that bad at all. It would not surprise me if at the end of the year, Sean Manaya is like the 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 Kevin Gosman, Robbie Ray thing. Not necessarily to that level, but like a guy that we're looking at this list right now and we're not even thinking about it. And then we're like, oh my God, he's the top, you know, eight starting pitcher available on the market. Joe Musgrove is a free agent. So that's another thing that should be brought up, guys. If we want to keep Joe Musgrove, that has to be taken into account too. How much does signing a big, big outfielder this offseason affect your ability to retain homegrown San Diego native superstar Joe Musgrove? That's what I really want the the, the message to hammer home for today's podcast is if the pot that there's a lot of strategy to what the Padres should do with this kind of gaping hole in their team right now in left field. If you go with the cheap option, Tommy Pham, Alex Dickerson, maybe, maybe, maybe Michael Conforto. The problem is that I think a lot of teams are going to want him, uh, but I don't think there's going to be that many people looking for Dickerson and Tommy Pham. If you go cheap, then it's like, okay, then you get a one-year deal. All of a sudden you have a lot more maneuverability. You have left field and right field next year. You can sign, you know, someone like, a Gallo or what have you, or maybe you go Robbie Grossman and then you improve your team in other areas. That's what I want to emphasize. We don't know how next season is going to transpire. This is still a really talented team. You got Tatis, you got Machado, you got Grisham. Hopefully he can have a bounce back season. You got Jake the Rake, you got Musgrove. Darvish and Blake Snell could bounce back big time. It would not surprise me if they did. You got Mike Clevenger coming back. You still have potentially like a rookie of the year candidate and CJ Abrams if he debuts for the team next year. You still got, you know, maybe Mackenzie Gore. I don't know. I mean, that's a lottery pick, a lottery hole or whatever. Maybe you want to say, I don't think we should buy ourselves out of this. Uh, like the, I, That's an honorable position to have if you're the Padres, especially when, when you take into account you're going to want to re-sign Musgrove probably. So that's my thing. Uh, Nick Castellanos and Chris Bryant are not the only ways out of this. I think that Fam. I think the problem with Fam was also – I didn't talk about this that much, 
but a lot of people didn't like his attitude and body language. Now, granted, I've said this before, just because you look a little angry on the field or you express your emotions in different ways doesn't mean you're like, autom- like wow, I'd hate to play around that guy. For all we know in the clubhouse and all that, he'd be the most beloved guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he could be. We don't really know exactly um, with Tommy Pham. So I don't want to read too much into that, but I do get why some fans, you know, he's a little bit annoying on social media for some people with some of the things that he posts or whatever, maybe some politics and stuff. Nothing crazy, crazy like he's, I'm not even going to say what I view as crazy because I don't want anybody getting super mad at me. I wouldn't care if people got mad at me for saying what I view as crazy, but I don't want to go there right now. I just want to talk baseball. Um, And also Cooper Cup just won me my fantasy matchup uh, the other day by one point. Holy God, Cooper Cup is apparently just the Jerry Rice of fantasy football now. But anyway, um, so I'm in too good of a mood. So if the Padres do elect to do that, uh, or I'm sorry, if, if you look at Tommy Pham in that in that kind of vein, I understand why people get frustrated uh, with his production and whatnot. But that's my thing. It's not the worst idea in the world. It wouldn't be exciting literally at all. That's why I want Conforto. Conforto would be exciting, and there's so much upside there, for sure. With Fam though, there is the potential more so than most other free agents. I mean, 34, it's not young. Don't get me wrong. This isn't Conforto who's 29 entering, theoretically, his prime years. But it's definitely like, you could get that guy for a nickel, and what if he produces like that big season for you, and then you're like, okay, we don't even have to re-sign him again. Well, you could let him walk, and then you get some of these other options, right? But the problem is, like I said, it's not like there's a like a lot of stuff in the outfield next year in terms of free agency that's super enticing at the given moment. Maybe Andrew Penitenti figures it out next year and all of a sudden he's the number one outfielder. I don't know. But in terms of that, that's what you have to look at. Is now your best chance to improve in the outfield with a free agent? Not impossible. Not impossible. This also, we didn't even talk about like, what if Tatis moves to the outfield and then you put CJ Abrams there? There you go. You have your outfield thing solved. You don't have to worry about that part, right? Um, especially considering he wasn't, Tatis wasn't also that bad uh, in the outfield and whatnot. So that's pretty nuts. Um, so that's just how I view it, guys. Um, I don't think it's the worst option in the world. I think my final taste of the take of the podcast will be this. I would rather the Padres re-sign Tommy Pham for basically nothing, especially after what happened this year, then give a big five, six-year deal to Nick Castellanos. That will be my final take. Aggregators, feel free to take that and roast me on Padres Twitter. I know there was some Padres Twitter bracket going around that I didn't make the cut for. It's fine. I tweet about a bunch of dumb stuff anyway that isn't baseball. I get it, but I'm on to you. I know, I'm on to you. Mojave Desert, I think was the name of the person, which is a somewhat related to my name so that's kind of cool um but yeah guys that's basically all i have to say with that hopefully you like that breakdown we'll probably break this down even further as the offseason and this lockout you know goes on because i think that the free agent market still like i know we don't talk about it as much anymore because of lockout but i still think there's so much good stuff that could be really really big on the market and there's so many interesting ways that the Padres can take this we'll talk about it as it goes along guys but I just want to say thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's hosted by your boy Q with, uh, let's see here, expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. There you go. That's what's what here. But while I am reading off something right now, let me tell you, those guys don't miss. I listen to Locked On Bets. Those guys are really good at gambling stuff. Like, if you want to check that out, like, feel free to. It's really, really great. It's free and available on all platforms. In terms of the future of this podcast, also speaking of gambling, 
on Friday's episode for a Christmas Eve special. It has nothing really to do with Christmas Eve, probably, uh, but I'm going to be talking with a buddy of mine, Peter Apple, who you might know from Just Baseball. Maybe you follow him on TikTok. Uh, it's from the company that I also contribute to. We're going to be talking about just sports betting in general and Padres bets that he would be interested in making for next year. He's the big gambling guy. He loves talking that stuff, over-unders and stuff, and I actually love talking about that too. I like looking at the lines and like, say if the Padres open with a 78 win total over on it. It's like, I would bet the over on that for sure. You know what I mean? So I like talking about it from that perspective more than actually literally betting money, but we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some just baseball stuff and more. Also planning on having Josh Neighbors of Lockdown Nationals on the podcast to talk about whatever. I don't really know, to be perfectly honest with you. No idea what we're going to talk about. Um, but also some solo ideas coming to you next week, probably. Going to be talking in a whole episode on Jake Cronenworth. Top 10 plays of the 2021 Padres. Hopefully, I will try to get that out next week before the new year. That'll probably be like the New Year's episode, uh, to be honest with you. Going to be talking about that. Going to probably talk about more Michael Conforto stuff. Got a friend, of, an old friend of mine. An old friend of mine, Gabrielle Starr, who works for Fansider right now, used to host Locked On Red Sox. Going to have her on the show to talk about like baseball writing and stuff like that. So a lot of fun, different, and varied content for you guys that will be Padres-related, don't get me wrong, but a lot of just fun stuff. Good vibes, because this is the holiday season after all, guys. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at L-O underscore Padres for the Twitter account for the show. And... Audio listeners, Lockdown Padres on YouTube. If you want to see my ugly mug, I am downstairs in my library, my bat cave, dare I say. Hopefully the connection was uh, better this time. I'm going to be recording down here for the foreseeable future. And uh, yeah, guys, until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.